Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. You can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. The Bear Down Podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. This is another edition, not only of the Bear Down Podcast, but Adam, this is another edition of Roquan Watch. Ooh. Okay, we're going to start with that. Roquan with that. Watch. See, this is obvious that like we didn't talk before this because I was going to start with a different like weird voice thing. Roquan Watch. I was going to be like, it's a game week <laughs> and focus like on the field things. Be like, it's a game week. Do you think other podcasts in town that focus on the Chicago Bears can bring you this? Roquan Watch. Game week. <laughs> The answer is no. No, they can't. Take that, Chuggo. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, they obviously go hand in hand, right? <laughs> like, like we've been talking about, and I, I know I set a weird date of when I would like Roquan to be on the field, and now he's been taken off the pup list, so he yeah. is um, healthy by the Bears' standards, and he passed a physical by the Bears' standards, but as of this morning... Today's practice on Thursday, he was out there, but he wasn't practicing. So he's obviously not going to play on Saturday. And hes I don't know if he's still going to meetings and in defensive meetings or like if that's going to start to stop now. Because right now you have a situation where it's him wanting certain things in the contract and the Bears fighting that and saying, no, he doesn't have an agent. So they're going back and forth. The Bears kind of called his bluff. He said he wanted a trade. The Bears kind of calling his bluff and saying, all right, well, we say you're healthy, so now we're not protecting you anymore. So one, now you can talk to the media, and two, we can start fining you if you if we if we choose to. We don't have to, but we can choose to. The threat is there. It's like, it's like uh, you'd be acting up, and your mom would be like, don't make me tell your dad when he gets home. And you'd be like, all right, never mind. Not going to act up anymore, because dad brings a belt out. Or is that just my house? Was that nah, just my house? Nah, nah okay. I, I think it. I think it happened. My dad was multiple. more of a shoe thrower. I think that's more of a cultural thing. We also had the uh, the wooden spoon. Oh, we, and we never got spooned. Yeah, the we wooden got, spoon. My dad is the back end of the wooden spoon. My dad was a sniper with that shoe. Like I'd be, I'd be two <laughs> rooms away, and I'd get hit in the back with a shoe somehow. Uh, so but again, that's a cultural thing. Um, so I feel like this. It's just like the threat of being fined. But again, like I don't know what this is going to happen. And Matt Eberflus spoke today and said that the starters are going to get fifteen to twenty plays um, in the first preseason game against the Chiefs. And it be it would be nice to see him out there. Like he's not. It's not going to happen. It's too late. But it would have been nice to see him out there because I feel like there is a there is two completely different sides to this. Right? You've got fans calling in to the radio station here and saying this guy's a bum. You don't, you're not going to win anything anymore, so what's the point of paying him if he doesn't want to be here? And then there are people like you, educated football fans and me, um, that realize that you can't just turn a key and be a championship team in a season. That you need to build something. And part of the reason that you pay good players when they're young is so they're around when you're good. And paying a 25-year-old, I get it, weak side linebacker, doesn't get to the quarterback very often, but he's a leader on the defense. This is a new coaching staff, a new regime, and it would send the wrong message, in my opinion, to just be like, all right, you don't want to be here, then fine, get out of here. We'll trade you for a second round and a fourth round or whatever it is, 
and we'll just be done with you and we'll rebuild. But if this organization truly believes that they're close to competing, then they should sign him because he's going I mean, he's 25. He just turned 25. I don't think you have to be close to competing to justify signing Roquan Smith. Well, I mean, look, saying that he's 25, okay, this contract, I would imagine throughout his prime the Bears, if he stuck with this team, he'll get a second deal. Oh, absolutely. Like, I imagine Roquan is going to get a little bit better than what he is now. Yeah, I would hope so. And and so, like, I don't think this player, like, if you go back to the way he played at Georgia coming into the NFL draft, this is exactly the type of player that was projected from Georgia in making all of the plays they made I remember seeing him in, in the college football playoff. He was the big hitter, making flying all over the field. Just such a difference maker for the Bulldogs. I don't see this turning into something guy gets paid and then a season from now we're saying, oh, Ryan Poles, what did you do? How on earth could you pay Roquan Smith? This guy's going to be a stud for quite some time, and I would imagine to the point where after five years on a new deal is up, He's getting an additional contract from the Chicago Bears because he is still in his prime as he gets to the age 30 year, 31, 32. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a, there are many people in this town that look at the position that he plays, and I feel like they're just throwing him to the side. I, I think Roquan is an extremely talented player, and he's worth the money. No, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I look at it in comparison to, like, the DK Metcalf deal. I get it. Different positions, different everything. I understand. But he got a three-year deal. Are the Seahawks going to be competing in three years? No, probably not. But the Bears, within five years, will be competing. That's my my point, is that if the Bears believe in Justin Fields and he's the quarterback and you believe you have solid pieces on this team with Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon and all these guys and David Montgomery, I know it's the last year of his deal, but everybody likes Khalil Herbert and you've got Mooney who's tied up and you've got money next year to spend that this would, that it would mean that they don't believe in this team because they're tra- like, or they just can't get a deal done. Right. Well, let because me- to me, if you're the, if you're the Seahawks and you signed DK Metcalf to a three-year deal, I don't think he's. They're competing in three years. They are. What did they go out there with Drew Locke this year? Come on. Let me go uh, point counterpoint to to this thought uh, against both of us. Aaron Schatz was on this podcast last week, and he told us that he thinks, based on historical data and through what Football Outsiders has put together in DVOA, mm-hmm. that you should spend on your offense, fix the offense first, and then figure out the defense because the defense is less predictable to to be successful from one season to the next. Well, the Bears didn't listen to that if you well, watch the draft. I but, mean. And that, that is, that is fine. But then also, if you apply that thought process to maybe big-level contracts, you could argue that, okay, just don't spend at all on the defensive side because we're spending offensively. Now, contrary to that thought would be the the Bears' performance in this past offseason where they didn't mm-hmm. do anything offensively. I mean, you signed two guys on the offensive line who right now are are on the first team death mm-hmm. chart that was released on Tuesday night. You have two guys on the offensive line that you picked up as camp was beginning 
who are going to start for you heading into this weekend in the first preseason game. Yeah. You didn't go out and get any substantial wide receiver help. You have St. Brown and a Pringle. That's not going to get it done. Hey, once you pop the fun, don't stop. Uh, it's nice. I, I, I just think that it's if you are spending the five years, 90 to $100 million on a DK Metcalf, like, like you mentioned, or a different wide receiver, you make that move, and you say, hey, we're not paying Roquan because X, Y, and Z. We got the best left tackle on the market. Yeah. That guy's making $70 million. They didn't give anybody any money this year. And since that's the case, even though there is the counterpoint out there, you build up the offense first, you don't worry about the defense, Roquan at age 25 I think is worthy of paying because – when you spend all that cap space next summer on offensive pieces, we assume a wide receiver and probably some help on the offensive line, that you're going to need a defense that's somewhat competent. And Roquan's going to be the leader of that defense. And like we've said, they've got competent pieces on the defensive side of the ball. I like Jalen Johnson. I like Kyler Gordon. I know he's a rookie. We haven't really seen him play, but I like him. I'm willing to give Eddie Jackson another chance in a different system. To be more locked in, right? Like you want, if he put- you want to have that conversation right now? Because I agree with you. Ooh. Having 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 three drafted players within the last two years, Gordon, Brisker, and Johnson, mm-hmm. and Eddie Jackson, to me, it has potential where Eddie Jackson is the worst player of those four guys. And that's fine. And I am okay with that. And I think that's okay because if you're spending first and second round or second round picks on defensive players like this, they got to start immediately. They have to be impact guys. If you have two corners that you drafted within the last two years and then you have a uh, game-changing safety, which it seems like Brisker is throughout camp, he's making a lot of plays. Yeah, I would like I'm actually okay with Eddie Jackson being there. The price tag, no, but that's not something we can handle right now. What is he supposed to say? No to the money? Nah, Pace, this is a bad deal, man. I'm not going to take that well, money. Well, I mean, in, in, at the very least, if Brisker is a stud, then you cut Eddie Jackson in the offseason, and yeah. then you bring in someone else to play alongside Brisker for the future. But if if this system is truly based on takeaways and all that kind of stuff, that's what Eddie Jackson thrived on, and he's even seen some time returning punts and kicks, which is what he did in college. Like, he did that in college. He's fast. Can he tackle? Probably not, but he's still fast. Doesn't mean he can't return kicks and punts or whatever. He actually might be able to tackle. Does he, he want to tackle? Uh, I think is, is I, the question. Because, I think you're going to see a different Eddie Jackson. This oh, year. Yeah, yeah, tackling Jackson. I think you're going to see a different Eddie really? Jackson. Really? You think this he's going to tackle? I think you're going to see it. Listen, it's better than wow. the guy behind him. It's better than whoever's up behind him. All right. You think he? You think he's going to tackle? That's interesting. That's a new development. He's going to have to. If Eddie, ja- Eddie Jackson's going to tackle. It's amazing. Will tackle this year. He will have a couple tackles this you year. You don't. You don't think DeAndre Houston Carson can tackle? I'm sure he can. I think he had an interception today. Maybe a Elijah Hicks. Yeah. Get okay. some tackling in there for an Elijah Hicks. All right. So well, what, what has changed though now is the. I think the tone has changed a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. I, You know, the way this is kind of played out was it seemed as if everyone was playing nice and that, yeah, there's a contract situation, but Roquan is there. He's participating. He's he's about this new coaching staff, and, it, it like, everything will work itself out. Then Roquan went the route of leaking uh, the pictures of his notes app to the NFL Network. 
that goes uh, broadcasted everywhere, and it makes the Bears look bad. Makes them look really bad because I think the most fans probably side with Roquan. I'm sure there's some fans that disagree, but most probably side with the player, and they're probably going back to ah, the Bears are being cheap. Just play the pay the player, mm-hmm. and then. Last night, the Bears respond by removing him from the pup list, which now means today at practice this morning, he was there. He wasn't practicing, but he's there, and he's not unable to perform based on health. He is healthy. He is off the pup list. He was there. He didn't practice. Uh, We're recording this podcast at about 4 o'clock here on Thursday Uh, at the moment. The Bears have not announced a fine for Roquan Smith for for not practicing today. It's something that they could choose to do and possibly uh, add a little bit more friction to this situation, or they could just allow Roquan to not participate and continue to have this contract dispute between the two sides. Well, we know from before that when Matt Eberflus talked about Roquan and was asked about him, it's like, he's a great player. We want him around. He's a leader on the defense, all that kind of stuff. I'll let him and Ryan Poles figure that out, all that good stuff, right? Well, today, when asked why he did not practice, you'll have to ask him. We expect all of our healthy players to practice. End quote. Like, that's kind of it. And he was pressed again and asked again, and he's like, you guys have to talk to Roquan. You guys have to talk to Roquan and figure out why he's not practicing. So that, to me, is a tone shift. From the, like, that goes back to what we were saying when a, a, a player's holding out and the team's mad at him for holding out of the, I'm only talking about players that are practicing. And that's kind of what it sounded like was going up, uh, going on at Hallis Hall today. Now, I don't blame them. If this is truly what's going on and, and you know, Matt Eberflus in his first year as a head coach is trying to put out the best defense as the only defensive head coach that was hired besides uh, the Saints promoted their guy. Who was the, the defensive coordinator? So this Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen. So this. So Eberflus has something to prove in his first year, and his best player on defense is holding out, and just and just standing there. He might have been working on the bike, but still, just standing there. Quickly, other news from today's uh, Bears uh, training camp practice up at Hallis Hall here on the Bear Down Podcast. Uh, we do have news that uh, Bears wide receiver Nikhil Harry. Uh, undergoes ankle surgery, and Matt Eberflus today said that uh, after the surgery on the left ankle, he will be sidelined for an unspecified amount of time going forward. So Nikhil Harry, we thought, would be a low-bust, high-reward possible player to bring into this wide receiver crew. He was a top draft pick from the Patriots. He was a stud at Arizona State in college a big-bodied wide receiver. Maybe he could turn something around in his career and be an additional asset to Justin Fields in this wide receiver core. Uh, But we have Harry, who will be out for uh, an undisclosed amount of time, unspecified amount of time. And the problem with that is, is like at this point, you just need bodies at wide receiver, right? Like Mooney's going to go out there and probably play for a little bit uh, on Saturday against the Chiefs, and then you just... Now you're just trying guys out that may have been practice squad guys or, or guys that have been would have been uh, you know camp casualties, and now they, these guys might make the roster because it depends on the designation. Like if they put him on the uh, phys, the, the pup list to start the season, he might not be able to come off of it until November. So, but if it's only an eight week injury, 
You still have four weeks till the season starts. You have four more weeks into the first month of the season, so you have to carry him on your roster as an as a, a an injured player if you think he can get back. So there's a lot of roster manipulation that could be going on um, with Nikhil Harry, depending on how he responds to the surgery and how his rehab is going. I mean, they don't have to make these decisions until right before the season starts. So I, I feel like you know you hope everything is going well with him and he can come back and maybe come back after the first month of the season because you don't want him out till November. Courtney Cronin's uh, piece on ESPN.com also points out that Chicago was without 21 players for the second practice in a row today. Uh, Saturday, they have their first preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Look for the starters to play uh, at least 15 to 20 plays against Kansas City on Saturday. Uh, Here on the Bear Down podcast, Abdallah, we will be back with you next Tuesday. So, Next week, we will recap what we saw from the Bears in their first preseason game against Kansas City. We'll hear from uh, the coaching staff after that first preseason game. Hopefully, the offensive line stays upright and healthy, and Justin Fields stays upright and healthy. And hopefully, there's some first downs and maybe a touchdown in there for the first string offense. That's what I'm looking forward to on Saturday against Kansas City. Just don't get hurt. That's all I care about. Just don't get hurt. A little progress. Just but don't yes, get hurt. mainly don't get hurt. Just Maybe a little hurt. progress offensively. I'd like to see from the young quarterback in Justin Fields. Next Tuesday, we'll have our next Bear Down podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. Black and Abdallah, we have a show tonight, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah, every weekday night, uh, right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you next week, right here on the Bear Down podcast. Roquan, watch.